Wait a minute, I hear something. What's happening everybody it's dr movie time again and we're bringing another classic for you today not really i just felt like i felt like i needed to say something uh it may be a classic in the philippines but i don't know that it is anywhere else uh we have a movie that's really kind of pulling from a lot of different sources here um, and it's called Raiders of the Sun. And here's the kicker. It's from 1992. It does not look like 1992. It looks about like, I don't know, 83, 84 apocalyptic flick, right? So maybe they made it and it just took that long to get it out. I don't know. It says it's an action-adventure that would be a lie <laughs> I don't know it's got some pretty good gunplay in it and uh, so yeah and, and I didn't know this and I, I kept swearing when I was watching it I thought, well first of all I swear that I'd already seen this movie but what it was was I was with my good friend Gary Hill on the Look What You Did another show that we got going it's kind of a short bus cinema Mach 2 right we're kind of dabbling into the really really bad stuff and we just did a movie called 2020 Texas Gladiators I think is what it was called it's Italian flick apocalyptic this is almost the exact same storyline minus a couple of details but this is not Italian which kind of disappointed me because I swore it would have been until I started seeing the actors in it and I was like okay I've never known these people to be in, in any Italian flicks. Um, but let's let's get into this. Well, first and foremost, we have to say this. This movie is made by uh, Sirio Santiago. This is the same guy that brought us, if you've been listening to the show, uh, Demon of Paradise, or Demon in Paradise. So, yeah. Uh, this this guy is is a producer slash director that makes really poor choices, <laughs> bad movies. I mean, they do have a little charm to them. They are definitely their own thing. So when I saw that and I noticed, oh, this is the same guy that made that movie. We are in for something, right? Uh, let's read a short, 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 short synopsis. A futuristic warrior struggles to bring order to an earth ruined by a biological disaster. That could be 57 different movies, right? <laughs> That's as vague as you can get. It's right, it's true, but very, very vague, right? Uh, let's talk about some of our cast members. Here's the thing for me, and I, I, again, watching on Tubi, you've got the opportunity to just skip the opening credits and all that stuff, right? The the opening of the movie. So I'm not looking at names and stuff, which I'm not looking at them anyways. But uh, as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, wait a minute. That's the guy that's in all the Cynthia Rothrock movies. 
And I'm sure as soon as I said that, you know who I'm talking about, right? Richard Norton, right? Martial arts guy from Australia. He's in pretty much every Asynthia Rothrock movie, either as her partner or her foe. It's like, how many times can you put these two together and make a movie, right? Uh, that's really the only person to talk about here. Uh, nobody else really does much. I think Bridget, uh, Bridgetta uh, Stenberg has been in a couple of things. Some, I think she was in Rapid Fire. Uh, and that's kind of it. So, not a lot as far as cast-wise of, of people doing bigger and better things. Uh, so, here's the thing about this movie. We'll just go ahead and start talking about it. The wonderful thing about this movie is because it's two, two, two bad movies in one. I don't know if this movie was put together, but it's obviously two stories going on parallel each other storyline-wise. And they are totally separated. I think you've kind of got two heroes in the movie and they're on two different quests. And they meet once, like in the, close to the beginning of the film, they meet once at the end, right? So I just wonder about this, right? And the other thing, too, is this is an apocalyptic film. And the great thing about making an apocalyptic film is pretty much anything goes when you start talking about costumes, right? If you want to dress like a ninja, that's cool. If you want to dress like a cowboy, that's cool. If you want to dress like the, the biker from the village people, that'll work. Just make these people roll around in some dirt, right? If you want to wear football pads and a Nazi hat, go for it, man. Uh, if you want to dress like Mick Foley with a, a boar head for a hat on your head, why not? And I'm not making these up. This is stuff that's actually in the movie, right? Uh, I swore there for a minute that that was actually Mick Foley in this movie, but it's not. <laughs> Who ironically plays a character named Hoghead because he wears a hollowed out hog's head on top of his head as a hat. So, uh, here's the other thing too is the name of the movie, right? Raiders of the Sun. Sounds good. You know how much this movie has to do with the sun? Nothing. Except that they're out in it. But there is no significance <laughs> of this movie being called Raiders of the Sun. Because it's basically uh, some bad people trying to round up as much ammunition as possible and take over territories as they go. So this whole story. The whole movie is an ammunitions race. Uh, ammunition war, where they're just trying to find more ammunition to beat the other people. Um, so it starts off with this battle at the beginning, and the good guys end up winning, and they go back, and they celebrate. And uh, hero number one says, hey, commander, can I leave and, and go back home to my wife? Because, you know, it's my wife. kind of miss her, right? So he gives them access to leave and the other hero, which is our, our uh, Richard Norton guy, gets sent on a quest to find this black powder that's mysteriously told, talked about, and it's in these, in these mountains. And, of course, the black powder is gunpowder. You know, when it comes down to it. It's what, they, what they're 
talking about. So again, it's it's the arms race thing. Um, so while dude is going home to meet his wife, another guy from the same group makes it to the village wherever this dude's wife is and says, hey everybody, just want to let you know we beat the bad guys. You don't have to worry about it no more. And dude's wife is standing there with her father and father's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And no longer than he says that, they stick, start getting artillery fired at them. And then they're on foot, running from the bad guys. And uh, the, the, the dad gets killed. And the girl gets kidnapped by Hoghead and his bunch. Now, there's two groups of bad guys here. There's the ones led by this guy wearing football pads and a Nazi hat. And the other group is led by Hoghead. And Hoghead and Nazi dude are brothers, I guess. They act like it, I hope. <laughs> and uh, so Hoghead's bunch attacks this, this place, kidnaps the girl, and takes her back to his place. And, you know, she's a nice-looking lady, and obviously he's going to try to make his move on her, but she's a tough little cookie. And uh, she don't put up with his crap. <laughs> so he locks her up and here's the thing is her husband was just on the edge of town when all this happened when he makes it there he picks up this dying old lady on the ground who did this she goes hog head <laughs> so now this dude is going to be chasing down hog head and his bunch and trying to save his wife otherwise we've got uh Richard Norton, Brody is his name in the movie. Great name, right? You think of Chief Brody from Jaws. He's going after uh, trying to find this gunpowder, and he sees a situation where these people are trying to kidnap uh, a girl. He stops them, takes care of the girl, and he asks her if she knows anything about this black powder that's made in these mountains. And she sees some people in town, and it's, it's some little people and she speaks their language and they kind of laugh when she asks because he's wanting this information and uh, there ends up being another fight and dude gets hurt he gets hurt in the arm but it like totally you know makes him collapse and puts him in a coma just because he gets hurt on his arm I don't, I don't know but anyways the girl decides to take care of him and takes her back to her village which is where that's right. She's one of these mountain people. And the whole town, or the whole village, is made up of, I don't know, a handful of tall people, or regular-sized people, and a whole bunch of little people. And it looks like... <laughs> it looks like a cheaper version of the Ewok village <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. Because they're passing dude around on this, you know, gurney that they made, and I don't know, it just does like, wow... They just need to be going dub dub, the dub the dub dub, but they weren't too bad though. They were saying something though. Um, and here's the thing about the girl that he saves has got this necklace on, and it's a container that's got guess what? That's right, gunpowder in it, black powder, and kind of like the hot sauce commercial, they put that shit on everything. I mean, they use a. We use it to light our torches. We use it for this. 
she <laughs> she throws some in a guy's face and burns him. Another guy's trying to stop him earlier on. And then whenever dude has hurt his arm and he's like incapacitated, she pours gunpowder on it and cauterizes it. I mean, they use this just like, you know, like I said, for everything. It's the cure-all. And uh, so when he finally comes to and says, where are we at? Well, you're at this place and they give some name. But the name means gate to the sun. There's your big tie-in. Wow. There's no other reason to have the word sun in the title except they couldn't think of anything else. Um, so while he's there, this is a peaceful tribe that doesn't want to fight, but he's like, hey, these people are coming after y'all, so I'm going to teach you how to fight. So he does the whole Bruce Campbell Army of Darkness, you know, teaching them how to use a staff. Hoo, ha, rah, right? So you got all these people lined up behind him doing the exact same thing like an Army of Darkness. Uh, and then otherwise, back at the, the other plot, dude's husband uh, pretends to be a guy wanting to join Hoghead's team. And in order to do so, there's an initiation where he has to have this fight with one of the members there. And it's to the death. And they're swinging back and forth on ropes and trying to stab each other and kill each other. It's kind of cool, actually. It's kind of like the Thunderdome thing, but it's like Thunderdome light. It's like Thunderdome without the Thunderdome. <laughs> Which pretty much explains everything about this movie. It's like all these other movies, but not those movies. And uh, so he wins, and, and uh, then it turns out that, you know, they find out that he's trying to save his wife. They try to lock him up, but they escape. And when they're leaving, they jump in Hoghead's car, and he runs out in front of them, and they run over Hoghead, killing him. And this is when we find out when they while they're escaping that uh, Hoghead's brother is the Nazi guy with the football pads because he shows up to Hoghead's place because I think they're all trying to get together and go to this place in the mountains to get the, the, the gunpowder. And, you know, they burn up the body of Hoghead and he's like, I'm going to get my revenge for you them killing my brother. You know, that kind of thing. And... There's kind of a battle there, and then the, the chick with the gunpowder stuff, she gets killed after, you know, after a gratuitous sex scene between her and, and what's his name, Brody. And, uh, you know, she dies in this battle, and he's like, I've got to go back and warn my people that this stuff is happening, and they've come, and they've tried to get the gunpowder. And the, the girl's dad says, she really loved you. And dude never says a word. He just <laughs> walks off. <laughs> Not like you expect him to go, yes, I, I really cared for her too, or anything. He don't say anything. He just walks off. But uh, you had the big showdown back at the original village where everybody shows up at the same time. Both of our good guys show up. Uh, dude shows up with his wife. And here comes the bad guys. And you get this big, big battle. And then it seems like the good guys are losing, and then guess who shows up? That's right. The the Ewoks and the mountain people show up, and they've got more gunpowder, and you got bows and arrows. They're shooting people with flaming bow and arrows, man. You got to like that. So, uh, and, and, and then the good guys win. <laughs> That's kind of it. <laughs>
so yeah, uh, pretty pretty typical. Uh, but again, after I found out who made the movie, I was like, okay, makes perfect sense, right? He's just making his version of other movies that were successful. Uh, I don't know. I still like watching these. I still like talking about them, even though they're not really good to watch. Uh, you can take your chances on it if you want. I'll give it a 2 out of 5. It wasn't terrible, but wasn't great. But I do have another one of his movies on my list as well, so we'll be, we'll be doing that one too and see what kind of surprise I get out of that. That's it for this episode, folks. If you have recommendations, if you have, you know, long-lost movies that you wish somebody would talk about, drop me a line. Let me know what they are. I would be glad to cover them for you. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. We will check you later. Jump to the bear.